You're listening to Finishing Science, brought to you by The Particle. Science isn't finished until it's communicated. Scientists have a sort of slight habit of believing that the, the communication that finishes their science is their academic paper. Um, I think scientists probably need to be better at writing more clearly for a, a public at large. Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Finishing Science, The Particle's new podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Lloyd. Thank you for joining us today. Each episode will outline a science communication concept to help those in STEM fields think more strategically about communicating, particularly through social media. Today's episode, stay authentic above all else. Let's get started. All right, so my name is Alyssa Sines. I am currently a robotics flight controller for the International Space Station um, here in Houston, Texas at NASA's Johnson Space Center. Um, I graduated from A&M with a Bachelor's of Science in Aerospace Engineering, currently working on my uh, Master's of Engineering in Space Operations. And um, my Twitter handle is at A-L-X-S-S-A-S-A-E-N-Z, Alyssa Signs, but with an X. So can you tell a little bit like what your actual job is, like what that means? Yeah. So um, a robotics flight controller for ISS. So there are a couple of different robots that we use um, external to the International Space Station, and that uh, is Canada Arm 2, which folks might be familiar with, and then also a more dexterous robot called um, Dexter or SPDM, um, the Special Purpose Dexterous Manipulator. Um, so my job is to do a whole bunch of training. Um, so I am a qualified enough to basically operate a robot that is 250 miles above the Earth's surface, moving at like 17,500 miles per hour. And um, our goal of robotics on station is to, you know, do tasks that way astronauts don't have to go do um, spacewalks, go do EVAs, and they can focus on doing science and research inside of station. That's really cool. <clears throat> I know NASA has a huge social media and communications brand. Have you ever helped with that, with engaging with the public or a social media post, things like that? I've never helped with like um, NASA's official so social media. Mm -hmm. I definitely love, um, you know, advertising what robotics is doing on my personal social media. Um, because again, we do a lot of cool stuff and um, there are people who are, you know, share that interest. like like myself and, um, and they want to know more about it or they want to figure out what, you know, um, is going on in the world of robotics on station. So I definitely try to share when we're doing cool stuff, when, um, we capture a new visiting vehicle, we have a new, um, like demo mission, like the robotic refueling mission I was talking about earlier. Um, but yeah, I don't think I've ever helped with the official NASA one. I just like, um, sharing stuff from my personal account. I thought Johnson, or was it someone that like shared a tweet about you being a Latina in STEM? Once oh yeah, that's true. That's true. I guess that counts. Yeah. Um, so they did the, the women at NASA account did do an article on me probably last year. Yeah. And just kind of, you know, um, talked about my journey from, um, growing up in El Paso to eventually like following my dream, um, working as a flight controller here at JSC. 
So um, that did go out on the Women at NASA website. And then recently um, it was Hispanic Heritage Month. And I think they kind of uh, recycled that article and, and brought it back up again. Um, and that came out or was promoted a little more. So that was cool. So I guess technically, yeah. I was going to say, I've seen a few things every here and there on Twitter in particular, but then also you share everything that like, I always need to know, oh, there's another mission this week. And I love it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what would you say? Actually, I'm going to start with a different question. What does science communication mean to you? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, so... You know, I think big picture, it's, it's educating, it's informing, um, you know, the general public about, you know, a project you're working on, right? Um, but I think what it really means to me is engaging young people that otherwise might not know what an engineer does or what a scientist does, right? That was definitely me growing up. Um, I didn't have family members that were engineers or scientists. And you have like a general sense of it when you're young. Um, but I definitely put engineers and scientists in this box where if you're an engineer, you're sitting at your desk all day, you're coding, you're doing calculations on this notepad that's like full of math and that's all you do all day. And that was kind of my thinking. And that doesn't sound like a job I would enjoy. So right away, a lot of people kind of write it off. Like that's not something I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. um, until you like really take the time to either research it or you hear about, you know, someone who is an engineer and is working on, you know, X, Y, Z. And um, I think I was most encouraged from hearing other people's stories about the type of work they did. Um, and, um, you know, when you have a real world example of what an engineer or a scientist looks like, and you realize, oh, it's not just, you know, what I thought, but it's not just sitting at a desk all day. Um, that got me really excited and kind of, you know, got me re-engaged to um, my dream of like working at NASA, being an engineer. Um, and I, I guess I knew I wanted to work at NASA. I didn't really know what the path was going to look like mm -hmm. um, till I took the time to do a little more research, right? Because um, there, there's a you know, you don't have to be an engineer to get here. You don't have to be just a scientist. Like, um, there are a ton of different positions and people that we need. Um, so I didn't really know what that looked what that looked like. Um, but hearing other people's career journeys and hearing about what they worked on really opened my eyes. And so, you know, that was all through, you know, science communication. Um, and I think now, especially with social media, right, there's pros and cons of social media, but I think one of the major pros is that we have such an awesome platform to share, you know, what we're doing, what projects we're working on, um, because there's going to be people that share that excitement about that project, right? And you could just be posting about, oh, this is what I worked on today. And without realizing it, like you're inspiring someone like half a world away um, that, Hey, I want to do that too. So, um, yeah, I think it's all about like engagement and, um, especially of young people that are trying to figure out what they want to do in life. And they don't have a lot of examples of STEM around them. Well, it's, it's so easy now to go online and 
find scientists that you can connect with and engineers. And, and in my experience, like most people will, if you, you know, send them a question like, Hey, how did you start working here? What like career path did you take? They'll usually answer. And, um, you know, now you have a connection. Now you have, um, a little bit of encouragement, um, to go down that path perhaps yourself. So. Yeah, totally. Can you talk a little bit more about how NASA needs more than just STEM majors? Like, what does that look like? What does that mean? Yeah. Um, of course, this applies to all sorts of science organizations, not just NASA, but if you could talk sure. to that. Yeah. Um, so I think there are some engineers and scientists that are really good at being engineers and scientists, but they're not so good at the communication part, right? Mm -hmm. um, and on the contrary, you know, some people, um, some engineers and scientists, they're great at communicating and getting, you know, across what they do in a sense where a lot of people can understand and follow along. Um, but in order to keep like the cycle of technology and innovation going forward, right, we need to inspire young people to come into this field. And so I really think that's where um, like people like communicators, communication majors, um, people that are doing social media, you know, advertising what types of research is going on on ISS and what NASA is doing are really important because, you know, um, for example, like the team that just landed on the asteroid, right? So <clears throat> we, there was a group of scientists that really wanted to do science on an asteroid. So they talked to engineers, hey, build us a vehicle that can get us to this asteroid. And so scientists and engineers are busy doing that. And while they're doing that, we have a whole team of um, a communications team that is telling the rest of the world, hey, we're doing this really cool thing right now where we're going to collect science off of an asteroid and bring it back to Earth. And, you know, a lot of people got a lot of buzz and people got really excited about it. And so you need you needed all those three people, right, to get people excited and then to actually go do the science and get to the asteroid. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're a great communicator and you're an awesome scientist, that's great. But truth of the matter is you're not always, they're not always going to find people that are both. And mm -hmm. so we need a little bit of everybody to really communicate and um, get that message across to the general public about what we're doing. Definitely. So for your, for your group of three people, it was a scientist, an engineer, and a communicator. Is that, was that the three people in your example? Yeah. Bennu is an excellent example of that, like a little case study. I love it. Mm -hmm. sure. So I guess what's worthwhile to share on social media with an audience? Like, how do you know if this little, the, if the candidate arm is worth sharing versus if a math problem you did is worth sharing? Like, how do you know what to share on social media? To me, that question is like really, you know, it, it's going to be very dependent on the person, right? So, mm -hmm. and I think I get joy out of sharing what I do because I'm really passionate about it and it's something that I really enjoy doing. Um, and that could be anything from being in mission control one day or I don't know, you know, working on my graduate degree, like things that I enjoy doing is what I will share. And I think, you know, people respond to um, 
things that you're passionate about, right? So mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's like, you know, what's worth sharing? Um, you know, what are people going to engage with? People engage with something that you see as um, exciting and something that you're passionate about. Um, and like I said, that can be anything from like the dinner you ate that night um, that you worked really hard to make or to your really cool job. Yeah, so I think it's about, you know, sharing things that you're passionate about that you get excited about. Um, and then people <clears throat> people can identify that that's something you are excited about and that makes them excited too. So I think kind of that's where when I'm it's posting like, about something I do at work, it's because it's cool and, and it makes me happy. So staying authentic above all else. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. That makes sense. <clears throat> do you have favorite science communicators? So I was thinking about this and <clears throat> the first person that came to mind um, was Bill Nye because yeah. <laughs> like, and I, I didn't realize it until I started thinking about it. Like when I was younger, you'd walk into your science class and you'd see the TV like rolled out and you knew it was like Bill Nye, the science guy day. And you're super excited. And he was one of those people that he was not only like an awesome scientist, but he was a great communicator and he knew how to, he um, knew how to connect with, you know, a much younger audience um, and get them engaged and excited about what he was also excited about. Um, so he's a great example of like best of both worlds. Um, and, you know, to this day, like he's awesome. Like when I, when I think about Bill Nye and he still does science videos and stuff, like, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's a, a person that, that stayed with me even as I got older. Um, and I learned a lot from, and it got me excited about science. So, and now I think you have people like Emily um, Calandrelli, and she's doing something similar, and she has her own Netflix show. And um, what I think is so awesome about what she's doing is now we have that, you know, now young girls can watch this and see a female doing science and and mm-hmm. um, doing experiments, um, which is also super important because um, I'm, I definitely believe that like representation matters. If you see someone that looks like you, um, you know, that dream, that goal is going to be a little more realistic. Um, but yeah, Bill Nye definitely came to mind first for me. Miss Frizzle always comes first to me. Like, I don't know oh, why, <laughs> but even though she's a fictional person, like that's the science communicator I strive to no, be. That's so true. I didn't even think about her. <laughs> I think we touched on this a little bit, but why is science communication so important? There's like a big ethereal question, but if you had, if you had to say like a sentence or two on it, what, what do you think is why it's so important? Right. So if we, if we want, you know, the human race to keep advancing, um, in a technological sense and we want more innovation and we want to keep exploring, Um, right? We need new engineers and we need new scientists um, to be inspired, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so how we're going to get there is by young people, um, you know, getting excited about science, getting excited about STEM. Um, They need to see, you know, what types of jobs that people have, um, what it means to be an engineer and a scientist, that, that it doesn't just mean one or two things, right? It doesn't just mean you have to be at a desk all day um, because you can talk to a hundred different engineers and they will give you a hundred different answers on what their day-to-day looks like. Um, but I think real world examples um, 
are super important. Um, just reading, you know, in a textbook, the definition of a scientist or an engineer doesn't give a young person a good grasp on what that means. Um, and so having, you know, that path of communication um, through science communication is so important because it's what's inspiring the next generation of engineers and scientists. Um, and not just young people, you know, people of all ages. Um, I think when, you know, the U.S. as a whole does something really cool, like we just um, started launching crew from U.S. soil again, right? That was something that the whole country could get excited about and kind of come together with. And and in the next step, you know, when we send people back to the moon and we send people to Mars, we're not just going to be sending, you know, Americans. We're going to be sending the human race <laughs> to another celestial body. Um, and so I really feel like that brings people together and we can accomplish something of that feat. Um, so if we want to, you know, keep the cycle going, um, we really need all of those roles to actively be doing their job um, to inspire people, to innovate further. Um, so, you know, we can keep making more discoveries and, and going farther each time. My, my last question I have is, if you could give advice to someone who feels like they're talking to the, the empty black void of the internet and no one's interacting with them, no one's responding, what would you, what would you share? Again, so like if you're being authentic about like what you're passionate about and things that excite you in the world of STEM, like there's going to be someone else that shares those same passions and interests, right? And, um, you know, you're eventually going to connect or, or find a community that shares um, that excitement that you feel about a certain topic, about space, about space exploration. Um, and I think it's, it's, you know, a really great feeling when you finally find another person that shares your very particular interest. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, even if it feels like you're sharing to no one, you're really not, because there is someone out there, or chances are multiple, multiple people out there that have that same interest as you and that are gonna be interested in like the work you're doing on uh, or the work you're you're working on, or maybe, you know, your your ambitions, they might have similar ambitions. And um, yeah, when and when you have, you know, someone you can share that with, it's definitely encouraging to you. So Awesome. Do you have any other thoughts about science communication, who should do science communication, science education? Yeah, I guess the, the last thing I'll share um, is that like when I was interning and doing kind of a SciComm role there for a little bit, um, you know, one of, one of my jobs, since I, I have a, a minor in astrophysics, um, I was given like the the heavy physics research papers um, that came from, you know, ISS experiments and my job was to summarize them um, so that the general public could get a grasp on what the experiment was doing and all that went into it. And so, you know, as a scientist or an engineer, you have terminology that only you can understand sometimes. It's very specific to your field. So again, like, 
when, and I definitely struggle with this too, because I'm so engaged now with like, Mm -hmm. um, in my world of robotics and international space station talk and acronyms, I'll be talking and someone's like, what the heck did you just say? Like, I don't know what this acronym means. And I'm so guilty of that now. So, um, so the great thing about like science communication and people that are specifically doing that is that they are communicating, um, you know, in, a, in terminology that everyone can understand and everyone can, you know, read a summary and, okay, that's what this experiment was doing. And that's actually what I was doing in my internship. I was taking those um, physics research papers that are super heavy and I was summarizing them so we could put them like in, um, I forget what the booklet was called. Um, just like a general summary of all the experiments that happened in a year of ISS. And that way the general public could be on the same page and just have like a summary that, you know, you don't have to be a scientist or an engineer to understand what this Mm. experiment was doing. So um, that's super important. And and I recognize now that I struggle with getting some of those like words out when I'm trying to describe what I'm doing because every day in work, I'm, you know, submersed in like my terminology and people that understand my terminology. And so we need that, we need that outside perspective um, of like a science communicator role uh, or a person that can explain what we're doing in words that make sense to everybody. I remember one time I wrote a paper or a story while I was at Langley and I said something about Schrodinger's cat. I didn't realize not everyone knows what Schrodinger's cat was until like my editor read it and she's like, I don't know this reference what's happening here but luckily it was for like internal so it was for only within nasa so we kept it because we figured at least every scientist should know what showing us that is <laughs> it's okay if the editor doesn't but <laughs> yeah no that's definitely that's a good point and you have you know that's stuff you have to think about like if you mm-hmm. want you know um a fifth grader to be excited about uh, experiment you're working on well you have to put it in terms they're going to get and understand mm-hmm. and that you know as an adult is not always easy sometimes because um, again you're just totally used to being in your world um, where people know what all these acronyms means and you can just yeah that conversation but yeah for sure if you're on your favorite podcasting app like Spotify, Stitcher, etc., go check out The Particle on Medium for show notes for this and future episodes. In the show notes, you can learn more about what we referenced, how to contact Alyssa, and find image quotes for you to share on your favorite social media. It's as simple as Googling The Particle Medium will be the first search result. That's it for today. I'll see you next week. Music is a sonification of the Milky Way Galaxy by NASA. Editing, producing, writing, and all other podcast aspects is why Andrea Lloyd.